Right, welcome everybody to another episode of Chris and Dave's Reality Cast. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Phelps, and my co-host and very good friend is Mr. Dave Horrocks. Hello there, Chris, and hello to the listeners out there. I tell you what, Chris, Chris Phelps, the bachelor here, old Matt James, has to be fucking Michael Phelps with the amount of stamina he requires for these fantasy suites episodes. <laughs> <laughs> what did you make to, to how this one unfolded today? Well, I'll be honest with you, and I'm going to put my cards right on the table, Dave, and I know we've both talked about a little bit of fatigue with the show. I think, and I know the pandemic has been an absolute mess because, and you know, there's nobody could have planned this for The Bachelorette, Claire's Bachelorette, and then obviously with this. But I think they've got to take a real hard look at themselves, the producer of The Bachelor, and try and film it pretty much close to when it comes out on the TV because... I don't fucking care anymore, Dave. The amount of leaks that, and, and not leaks that I've gone looking for, the amount of things that we know has happened, I've lost complete interest in what's going on. And and, and I don't yeah. mean that. I'm watching it, and I, you know, I always watch it. I love talking to you about it. That's one of the main reasons we we watch it, because if it wasn't for me and you doing the podcast, I'd probably, I'd probably scan over a lot of the episode. I wouldn't be so interested. But I've just lost any bit of enthusiasm. I'm so glad we got two episodes. That's because... Ultimately, everything that's happened with Chris Harrison, with Rachel, we know what's going to happen. We know who's going to win pretty much now. We know how why Chris Harrison was being so fucking defensive with his, his absolute shit show of a fucking uh, speech. I just think it's fucking rubbish now, Dave. It's absolutely fizzled out. It's like I've bought a shit firework from one of them cheapo shops. And just as I've lit it, it's fizzled out before it's gone bang. But you don't go back to it just in case you burn your fingers off, Dave. i'm gonna keep running with the the firework analogy here so did have you ever done indoor fireworks no no oh fuck me chris they are the worst i'll see if i can i'll see if i can find some youtube clips or something on indoor fireworks so i remember years and years ago i can't remember the reasons why but when i was a kid we couldn't go outside for whatever reason it was so it couldn't have been the weather because you know you're out it's fucking uh november 5th isn't it so it's always going to be cold dark and and dingy um but yeah we ended up with the fireworks inside chris that they are horrendous and and i remember one in particular which just looked like a massive shit you you, <laughs> you basically lit it and it just curled out like a fucking dump it, it, it's horrendous i'm going to try and search these things out on the on youtube but yeah i i agree and i think you're you're possibly where i was last week and I, and i carried on on that i've i've sort of plateaued off i don't think i was i i, I don't think i've got any more disillusioned with the show um than where i was last week but but certainly uh, it hasn't improved at all just the the manipulation of the producers in terms of what we're seeing just the acting that we're seeing as well just kind of going through the motions playing the game it's just all very strange and and to see chris harrison right at the top of the show does nothing to elevate my mood about how you know i'm gonna start falling in love with this show again I just think it's it's so problematic having him on screen. And I don't know, 
we were laughing at, on our VHS Strikes Back podcast, weren't we? Because some some of your Christopher Lambert impressions do come off a little bit like the child catcher. <laughs> <laughs> what what go on, do it. You, you did a brilliant one. I was when I was editing it. Are you like, come with me, my pretty? Oh, or no, something I'm, under like pre- that. I'm under pressure. I'm chitty, chitty, bang, bang. I'm under pressure. Yeah. Like, like, oh, I won't be able to do it now. It's, it's something like, come with me, my little pretties, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> he may have gone on holiday to Eastern Europe at that one, that one day, but something like that. <laughs> so, so I was watching this, and I'm, I've got Chris Harrison on my screen there. And he's rubbing his hands, and he just looks so grubby and seedy. I, I, I don't know if you noticed that. He's talking about the fantasy suites, and he's rubbing his greasy little palms there. And I, I just I just find it distasteful and, and just seedy. And he just reminded me uh, in that moment of the child catcher. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Chris Harrison explains the rules of the fantasy suites, doesn't he? And the fact that the cameras go off, you know, and anything goes um and then we cut to matt and matt is talking about you know uh where they are in the process he chose interesting words he talks about going in deep um before he's gone on any of these but chris in in this weird uh situations where basically the bachelor is kind of expect well i don't know is he expected to but but the implication is that he's going to bang the remaining three uh, contestants. That, that seems to be where all of this is going. Uh, yeah. From what we've seen on previous seasons and, and what people have said after the show as well, I, I think that's a fair assumption. What did you make to... Not just this conversation that Matt has with his dad, but the fact that the producers choose to prioritise showing this conversation over say more moments with the girls I, I think it was the wrong conversation if i'm being honest i mean what i wanted to just say just before that was why dave in this show you know when they have an envelope and they pick who's going to go on the date with matt mm. why does the person who picks the envelope never get picked because they've been told <laughs> to go and fucking read it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> You've got three of them left, and it was never more apparent. And I think it was uh, Brie read them out, and Brie gets the thing, and I'm thinking, well, she's not going to say, well, Brie, gather your belongings. You're going on a date with Matt. And no, it was Michelle. And I'm like, fuck off. And and I will say, <laughs> Sam Sam's did say to tell people on the show that she's fucking bored of it. She thinks Matt has got no personality. It's fucking bobbing. She's gone right off it, Dave. And she's not even been listening to us. She's not up to date, so I can't even say we've influenced her decision on, on this. But but anyway, that's what I was trying to get off my chest, Dave, because it's fucking stupid. But the conversation with Matt's that Matt's dad come out of this really bad because he went, you know, your mom left me and he went, she had good reason. You cheated on her. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Matt's dad, why have you said that? And it was really, like I saw Matt's uh, social media stuff and he was saying like, you know, it, it was really difficult for me to watch it and then know that everyone else is going to watch this conversation. But how does that help him decide on a future wife? It only shows him that his dad's infidelity made him more comfortable with his mum because he never really mentioned his dad at the start. It was all about his mum, wasn't it? And uh, being in a, a mixed race relationship and how he had to grow up and all the problems. And obviously we didn't know, we didn't know we were going to get the Chris Harrison 
uh, incident and Rachel. I mean, Rachel, uh, you know, it was Rachel first, sorry, and then obviously Chris Harrison absolutely destroyed his, his own career. But but it was, he brought his dad in, and it just felt like a character assassination. It didn't help me look more. All I saw that Matt was a better bloke than his dad, and that doesn't take a it doesn't take a lot, Dave, does it really? Which is sad. It was nice that they had that recollection and reconciliation. There was a bit of crying. His dad did apologize, but his dad was proper hard faced on him on for ages. It was as if he wasn't bothered that he cheated on his mum. But I just it felt out of place for the bachelor, if I'm being honest. It felt like a conversation that we're watching a so-called reality TV dating show and it looked like a conversation that could have happened at any point in the last 25, 30 years. Yeah. Maybe not 30. You know, he's, he's probably not, not ready to have that conversation when he's a toddler. But certainly since he's been an adult, so let's say the last 10 years, any point they could have had this conversation and I just think it was it was manipulated for them to to have this conversation now. Like you, I was like, you know what? I don't understand how this conversation helps Matt at all. Um, you know, move forward. He, he's down to the final three girls. So he, he says he gives us this line about you know he kind of needs to know from his dad so he can move forward with himself because he's got all this emotional baggage. Honestly, Chris, I, I just think they're trying to show this to us to play up. This is the Matt James, the first black bachelor, and basically they're just showing us, look, his, his, uh, his dad, who is a guy of colour, uh, was cheating, and he's just playing up to the stereotype. I think yeah. that's, that's why the producers are showing it. It felt like a very, very private conversation, which I didn't feel comfortable being part yeah, of. Me too, me too. And I just, again, so, so I said, you know, my disdain for the show uh, has kind of plateaued out a little bit. But actually, just talking this through now and just thinking, has it? You know, maybe uh, is this just them sinking to another level? I, I don't think it helps Matt at all. Um, the other thing that, that doesn't really ring true, how many kind of like real deep-seated family problems, Chris, do you know that are resolved within, let's let's give them the benefit of the doubt and say this was a one-hour conversation. And the reason I'll put it at about an hour, you could see like the lighting was roughly the same. It's not like they started this conversation in the morning and then finished it at, at night. So it, it, it was all resolved, wasn't it? This, these deep traumatic problems that Matt's had it's all been just resolved and they have a big hug at the end, you know, there's a few tears and it's just, just nothing seems authentic about it. It just seems, I'm, I'm not saying that, that they didn't get some benefit out of that. I'm sure it was, it was uncomfortable. I just, it feels to me like there's another hand in this, the producers manipulating the situation just again to get a bit juicy TV. No, I agree. Look, look, I think, you know, one of the reasons why we're, pro, we're both probably doubting this and probably everybody watching, because it's probably the only time in this whole series we've actually had an honest conversation between two people because everything else has been fucking false bullshit. And it, let's be honest, Dave, the whole thing is, is convoluted. And Matt is silly to have put his dad in that situation or his dad, we don't know the context of it. His dad may have said, look, I'm happy to come on, you know, fire whatever you want at me. But he's a big mister. And I say, I felt uncomfortable watching it. I was like, yeah, great. They've all, 
settled it. Dave, you, me, everybody listening, there is always family scars. They don't fucking heal. You might agree to disagree. You might have to just be the bigger person. We've all had to do that. You can't just get rid of him like that, can you? They can tell that narrative all they want. That is always going to be in the background. Family stuff is just something like you carry all your life and it's how far you want to keep it, you know, within you and, and make it consume you. That's what happens, sadly, and that's just human nature. But yeah, very strange. And it may be that, that it was just because it was so real. We're not used to it because we get all this fucking phony bullshit. However, Dave, I do want to talk about Michelle. So... I thought, nailed on, Michelle was the one to go last week. I mentioned it, didn't I? Uh, mm. and, and then obviously she she isn't, and she goes on the first date. Now, again, Matt James, how many times does he say, I think I'm falling for you? It's just like, why can't you tell one of them that you love him, or can you not tell all three of them that you love him? He, he just doesn't convince me. When the VT comes on, and the, the you know Michelle's basically said she loves him, and she wants that reciprocation of him and he gets nothing again but he's got his old the old chest out you know he's got the, the pythons on show and everything he's a fine <laughs> specimen of a man but the whole pretense of it again and i will say dave one person out of the three got the better date and it wasn't michelle and it wasn't brie again he's absolutely <laughs> been laid on this again i mean brie got sold down the river a fucking camping trip jesus it's fucking terrible. Like you can you can see where the money's gone. It's just stupid. Yeah, I mean Michelle and and Matt, you know, they have this kind of weird, this Pennsylvania Dutch Pennsylvania or Pennsylvania Dutch spa. I uh, can't remember which, you know. And it's you've got fucking putting your your feet in porridge and stuff, and then bathing yourself in milk. Uh, <laughs> it didn't look like, you know, it was that much fun, but. I, I don't know. Did Matt say he was falling? What I recall of it, Chris, is he said, so all the girls basically profess their love tonight, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, which I guess at this stage in, in proceedings, they kind of have to. But when Michelle says, you know, she loves him, Matt says absolutely nothing and then just leans in for a kiss. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. It's as if... It's as if it's his coping strategy to try and avoid any kind of conversation. That's that's he's like, right, I need to tone this down a little bit now, and and I don't actually want to respond. Um, and, and yeah, certainly with Michelle, he just leans in for a kiss there. You know, they when they get the the old fantasy sweet card, you know, they they're both quite keen to take it. And again, the the seediness the grubbiness of this show chris you know it is it, the way they make sure that we get you know matt's just closing the door you know they they film them right into the bedroom and then you just got you know matt closing the door it's just i don't know it just feels dirty to me chris we watched too hot to handle at least that's kind of you know it admits what it is here you've got one one dude. His harem's been shrunk down to three now. He's gonna bang bang three chicks, <laughs> and then he's gonna pick one of the one he likes the most out of the three. And he's Matt even says, you know, after this date with Michelle, that the bar is set pretty high. So I I, I just again I I probably I might get a bit of hate for this actually because <laughs> you know, I know this is just the bachelor and this is what he's done. 
I just personally, Chris, I, I don't like it. No, I, I'm with you on that. And, and I've got another, this is a serious question, which again was pointed out by my wife, Dave. Why the fuck when they go on these dates, does nobody eat any food? I'm not happy. I'm looking at that food and that thinking it looks pretty tasty. The wine level never ever changes, Dave. I don't even notice that over the over the conversation, but it doesn't change. Now, as someone who's done the extra stuff, and if you're in a, a bar scene or a cafe scene or somewhere where you've got an open glass, they'll give you fake like beer as so it's like orange juice yeah. uh, apple juice or whatever it is something used to be like um gravy and oh it's fucking minging but they, they would they would give you certain things and you have to do that scene six or seven times you've got to try and do exactly yeah. this you do it once and once you've done it once they and you know this they take you in the background you have to do it you'll watch it on tv and you're like fucking rubbish you can't even see what i'm doing but you are absolutely concentrating on what you're doing and i've had to stand there with a fake bottle of beer on coronation street for literally <laughs> an hour not drinking it while we kept doing the same scene oh and i'm right yeah. behind the two actors and, and it's it, and that's what it's like watching this is like the, the glasses the continuity it's like why can't you just have them having a bit of food talking it's not genuine yeah. it just isn't I, i'm gonna sound like a broken record now of all the reality tv shows we've watched this is the fakest of the lot yeah I, I just I, I and i guess you know you kind of see these these people and they have their social media careers so you think well there has to be some kind of element in of truth in it but it's a very small percentage i think yeah isn't it? Yeah. it just like you say if you're literally you sat having dinner you're not eating anything you're not drinking anything you just say in your lines you know and again maybe they are authentic lines but but i felt chris the acting in this was was really bad i, I just felt like everything that was being said was like like an amateur dramatics performance you know the way you know, I really like this time and, you know, I've loved being with you. I could really get used to this. And that cadence, that rhythm to the voice, it, it, no one actually talks like that. No. <laughs> you know? Unless you're on camera and playing to the camera. It's just, yeah, Chris, I, I, <laughs> I realize we've probably got a lot of people in the audience, but listeners out there who are like i fucking love this you douchebag stop yeah. shitting on my show but you know i think we we have to be true to ourselves don't we and just you know i don't know if i'm being kind of influenced by my own thoughts about the shit show in and around the bachelor you know this should have been a quite historic re uh, season for all the right reasons and it's ended up being for all the wrong reasons I think the the show really needs to have a good look at itself about what it is, about you know things like diversity, about systemic racism, things like that, and just I think if they do pause, you know, rather than just going straight into Katie's Bachelorette season, then uh, maybe we'll come back and we'll enjoy it a lot more. But I have to say, it's just I can't really recall. A great deal out of tonight's episode that that I actually really enjoyed and and I felt I was watching something real as opposed to something that's just manipulated and fake. Yeah, I, I agree with that because I th I think what's of you know if you remember back to Rachel's date with Matt and she got the full um, 
shoes because I got them wrong, obviously, saying yeah. they were Jimmy shoes and they're actually Louboutons, aren't they? So, <laughs> yeah. so I, I know now people because Sam's got her eye on a pair and it's like, that's not <laughs> happening. Uh, but what I would say is Paul Bree goes next on a date. She ends up going on a camping trip where, again, she's had the, you know, Rachel's got all this pairs of shoes, clothes, you know, all this amazing stuff, probably thousands of pounds or thousands of dollars spent on it. And then Brie gets a short straw. And again, this whole series has been steered around Rachel becoming his girlfriend, fiance, whatever. Fucking Bree's got a shit in a bucket in a field, Dave. Fucking Rachel's not had to do that. It's fucking nonsense, this show. It really is. <laughs> it a li- little bit for the cameras again, though, wasn't it? Oh, I mean, of course he was. For a moment, Bree thought that, you know, this was it. This was the fancy date and she was going to be in a, in, in a tent. And I thought, I was thinking, oh, she's been properly shafted. Again, I, we, we all feel, you know, we're all pretty sure that Rachel's won anyway. And, and the further we get in... Uh, the more it looks like that but you know they they both agree they're not very outdoorsy to me i wasn't i wasn't sure what exactly f- the footwear both of them were wearing but they didn't quite look they didn't fit into like you know like walking in the outdoors and whatever it, it just didn't seem right to me and they both looked fairly uncomfortable you know not very sure-footed as they were walking through the woodland there and um but chris they can manage to build a perfect campfire to roast marshmallows on <laughs> did you see the campfire it was fucking brilliant yeah it, that, that was bare grills level of campfire that amazing how they could do that and not be very outdoorsy especially with two sticks dave it took them about fucking three weeks to get to that thing it's just Uh, yeah yeah yeah. just uh light this fire it's really fucking easy have you ever actually tried to create fire without any actual proper tools and stuff i have dave it's fucking difficult (laughs) getting that spark and the flint and all that stuff it is difficult and what i would say is brie again she's shown her undying love for matt i don't expect him to say he loves her if he doesn't but it's the way it's all played out and and I'll be honest with you, Dave. We go on to the next. So Brie gets shafty, basically, and then we get on to Rachel. Now, <laughs> fucking Rachel. I tell you what. Do you intend to? Go on. Brie get Brie gets shafted. I, I don't. Yeah. No, did you no, mean to say that? No, no, not not figuratively. <laughs> well, we don't know about that. Maybe she did, but I, I don't know. But what I would say is Rachel. Obviously, we know now. In hindsight, it's a wonderful thing. We know exactly what's happened. Matt has a different you know, context on her as a person. I think they've split up, not because of her being a fucking racist, Dave, which she quite rightly deserved to split up with her from, but because she's a fucking spoiled little brat who's got a slapped ass face. And this was never more apparent in her date. We get the fake crying, where eventually we got tears, but the fake crying about, oh, he's been with two other women. Hello, you spent eight weeks on a fucking show where women go on <laughs> dates with him and snog him and hug him and do whatever they want with him. And now that now that you're in the last three, you have a real problem. Don't buy it for a minute. And her whole attitude and just the way she is was very childish, very spoiled. And I think Matt, if he's got anything about him, as long as he's not fucking acting like the doormat that he is because he just he's got no he's devoid of any emotion really i think he's seen her for what he is and gone you know what you're just a spoiled brat who needs to grow up i don't want to be with you anyway and then all this stuff's come out and he's like i'm so glad i dodged that bullet because i'm hoping they're not together because she is not a nice person dave 
So we're going to see this one a bit differently, I think. Um, actually, I I agree with you about the... Um, I'm not going to say she's a spoiled little brat. She might be, um, but she definitely acts younger than the other two. The other two just seem to carry themselves with a bit more maturity than she does. But when... It, it wasn't just the crying... Right, so when Melissa had gone for the date and when Bree had gone for the date, she was visibly not happy. A little bit like Brandon, actually. You know, when uh, on Tasha's yeah second half of the season, yeah, you could see. You know, he's he's not happy, and I I don't think Claire looked particularly. Claire, fucking hell, um, <laughs> Rachel <laughs> looked happy, um, and and I I was thinking, well. That actually looks to me like a real kind of emotion. That looks to me like someone who does have some feelings for this guy, whether they're misplaced or not, does have some feelings. And then she's actually playing through in her mind. When they're going out, you know, for, for dates and whatever, getting dressed up, going on a hot air balloon, that's, that's just like a, a date. When you're faced, if you have genuine feelings for someone and you, you think of him plowing another woman... I think that's going to make you pretty upset. The performances of Melissa and Michelle. Brie. Uh, fucking Michelle. The performances <laughs> of Michelle and Brie were, were pretty good. Um, you know, and in in isolation, I can kind of buy it. But did you not think they were too cool for school when, you know, the other girls were going off for their fantasy suite dates? You don't know, think they were just a bit too chilled about it. They're saying, Matt, I'm so in love with you. And and they're just completely fine that he's he's going off on these fancy dates. I mean, Melissa should be in the worst position, shouldn't she? She'd be like, well, I know what that fucking date entails. And, you know, he's got two yeah. more to go. Well, he's got three, Dave, because you keep calling Michelle Melissa, unless he's another I contestant know. I don't know about. But uh... end. <laughs> <laughs> no, but... It's muscle memory. They've done this for so long. And you're right, Michelle should be the one. She's got the undying love thing that she thinks. Um, and, and then he goes on two dates. Yeah, you're right. As in human nature, in normal human behavior, if you've got two women or two men on the go at one time, Dave, and you, you emotionally involved him or whatever, you know, it happens, then fair enough. If you're like, you know, if someone's having an affair and the, and the person you're having the affair with is saying, well, why are you still with that person? I want you with me. And they're gutted that you're going back to that person or whatever. Fair enough. But but this is a show that is built on people cheating, basically. The Bachelor or Bachelorette as basically the, the trip of their life where they can just cop off and go on <laughs> meals with different people and explore 30 people if they're compatible with them. And then at the end, they decide. I think the last two, it's always hard, the last two, because that is a hell of an episode, that. But when we watch, like, Labour of Love and stuff like that, they're never together. Never, you know, mm. it's like, oh, I can't wait. Oh, you're going to be a great dad, Labour to Love. No, not a, we and you could see a mile off it when she picked that, Kristen picked that guy. They were never going to be together. And I think yeah. this, this now, because we've got hindsight, we know what's going on, everything's being leaked. It's just bullshit in it it's all just bullshit and and <laughs> it is though dave isn't it if me and you yeah, were vying yeah, for the yeah. same girl we were both single you know go back bloody 20 odd years or whatever for me and we're both single and, and you're vying for that girl and you're like well why would you want to go out with him why you, it wouldn't make any sense would it at all to let the girl you with 
go out with someone else just to test the water. But yeah, but I'm 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 sort of thinking back. That I can't remember exactly what what the message was, but but remember when I had a few uh, shots crossed fired across the bow <laughs> a couple of months ago because I I was. Uh, I can't remember exactly. It was, it was on the subject of cheating, and you know the. I think the basic message was because it's on the Bachelor, it's okay because everyone knows, so it's not really cheating. And I, I kind of I remember at the time I was thinking, okay, I can kind of see that point of view, um, but it's it's in that ballpark isn't it surely yeah <laughs> you know? especially at this point when you you're getting intimate with three different people all right if you don't want to put a cheating word on it it, it, it in my mind it's still just quite wrong you know if, if we're to believe it's this you know this romantic journey that this this couple who, who's whoever it's going to be at the end have been on you know, it, it just doesn't, uh, it just doesn't compute with me, Chris. It, it just, it feels like cheating. Yeah. <laughs> and no, everyone knows what the rules are um, going into this. So, you know, everyone signs up for it. Full disclosure, knowing, knowing what it's all about. But um, yeah, I, I, it just all feels a bit wrong. I do have to say, you know, it was, again, they're playing on the, the emotional notes, aren't they? Because we got the, you know the clay making the ghost type oh, date, don't we? Yeah. You know, you just need a bit. Oh my love. Yeah. <laughs> Where's Whoopi but Goldberg? You're not, you're not you going to beat Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore on that, well, are you? Dave, that was me, wasn't it, in my heyday? So no, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As I said, I don't remember Jennifer Grey in that movie. Yeah, so... Fuck you, Dave. <laughs> right, so <laughs> after the pathetic fake kiss between uh, Matt and Rachel, and she's got they've both got the clay on them, Dave, after he's had to reassure her for the millionth time this series. We then get the rose ceremony, and I'll be honest with you, I was shocked he picked Michelle. I thought Michelle was a goner in the last one. As I said, I thought he was going to pick Brie and Rachel, but he didn't. He picked Michelle and Rachel. And it plays into the leaks, everything. But I, I don't know about you, Dave. I was very shocked by that. I don't think I was. I th- I thought um, I thought on the day, Michelle showed a little bit more. Um, and, and I thought Matt seemed more open to Michelle than he did, on Br- did with Brie just felt a little bit like going through the motions with Brie and I I just didn't see the same level of chemistry there so no completely the decision I I thought it was completely telegraphed but I mean it's all a little bit immaterial anyway isn't it because it's so fucking obvious that Rachel's gonna win because like you say not only is she she always gets the best dates all the time right Matt actually says to her that he's falling in love with her he hasn't said that to the other two. He just does the old, I'm going to say nothing and lean in for a kiss. But not <laughs> only that, they get the fucking fireworks, Chris. No, <laughs> you know, on the so, bed. Yeah, so for, for miles around, certainly the other two girls, you know, you've got the whole fireworks going off. I don't know, is that is that like a, a kind of thing for sex? <laughs> is that like uh you know the the other girls are thinking right oh that was the that was the end then <laughs> could be yeah euphemism yeah it could be yeah. 
So, um, yeah, again, I think that probably takes away from the enjoyment a little bit, doesn't it? The, the fact that it's so telegraphed that he's going to end up with Rachel at the end, I, I think. You know, it just it just is what it is. I do think, you know, they all look stunning in their black dresses. I have to say it looked like, you know, they were going to a posh funeral, potentially. Don't, don't quite understand why it was all black dresses. But, um, but yeah, so, uh, and we see a bit of a, a clip for next week. It does look like it's going to get quite emotional. Don't quite know what's going on there. Um, but, yeah, so any, any other thoughts on this episode, Chris? No, I'm actually going to leave my Oscar-winning shock when next week he picks Rachel, Dave. I'm going to leave that to next week. (laughs) I'm going all thespian next week, darling. I'm going to be fully uh, ready for next week and be absolutely, you know, it's it's just going to be one of the things I'm like, oh, my God, I don't believe it because we all know it's happening. We all know it's a load of bollocks. And, yeah, (laughs) you know just out now, Dave, unfortunately. I'm out. (laughs) I I was watching this thing on YouTube with Tim Roth and he was just talking about all of the the different um, movies that he'd been in and I can't remember what movie it was but he was up for some kind of award this was fairly early in his career and so you know he's there at the Oscars or whichever awards it was and he, it, Sam Jackson's in front of him and Sam Jackson says look when you don't win it just go motherfucker (laughs) (laughs) and he he didn't do it and Tim Roth said like you know that's one of my big regrets I should have done that but ultimately there's only Sam Jackson who can get away with that (laughs) so he he was kind of okay with it but yeah so when uh, when Rachel comes uh, when we find out that Rachel's going to be the the winner next week, I'm just going to lay out a, a big motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> it's so obvious, isn't it, Dave? And and you know what, Dave? You know, we we we've, we've done this. I love talking about reality stuff. You know, it's my bag. I absolutely love it. But when this is this has just got took a turn, I didn't think with the bats when we started this second. You know, this is a second series for us, really, isn't it? Because of the uh, Claire Bachelorette and everything. But we have started, guys. Which we did start our Patreon, didn't we, Dave? The last week or so, and we've yeah, already yeah. had a new Patreon already. So uh, legend, a man. Now, Mister Kent Gustafson is our first. Patreon guys, so if you want to, you know, give support us, get over to patreon.com forward slash CD Reality Cast. And he's gone straight in, Dave, at number one. He's gone straight to the top tier. It's really good of him. Really uh, nice that he's done that. And uh, because of the, him going at the top, Dave, he's actually uh, got our bonus episode, which we released exclusively for Patreon. <laughs> yeah. Our, our one, our one top-level Patreon is getting our one bonus episode for this month. But uh, hopefully, there, there'll be more to come in the future. And, and like I say, there are the different levels. So down to uh, is three pounds. So I think that was that about five dollars. It, it probably, if if you're looking at it from the US, um, and then I think there's a bit more where we we open up. You know, we'll we'll give you a shout out on the show. Uh, 
add you in as an executive producer to the different episodes um but yeah anything anything helps and we're just hopefully you know we'll grow the show and grow the patreon a little bit and just uh, keep the lights on and hopefully you know particularly with the top level give you some extra content that you know we wouldn't have done otherwise um and yeah helps keep the lights on Exactly, and I'll, and if you do get over there, guys, like Dave said, it'd be really nice if you wanted to support us. We really appreciate it. And nothing's going to change on this show. It's just another way to uh, keep us building and hopefully get better for you guys. So, Dave, we have got tomorrow coming. Uh, we have got the Temptation Island, which um, you know that's all about cheating. So uh, that's whether it's realistic people where they want to kick the shit out of people and they see the boyfriend or girlfriend snogging someone else or jumping into bed or whatever. That is my more so. That is more my bag. I must admit. Um, so we'll we'll definitely be back with another episode this week, guys. Hundred percent. And if you do like it and you want to support us or talk about anything you've seen today on The Bachelor or Temptation Island, at CD Reality Cast social media. If you want to email us, cdrealitycast.gmail.com. So Dave, thank you today, mate. And I am actually going to go now and relive Claire and Dale's series because I think that's more realistic than what we've been watching with this pile of shit. And that is awful <laughs> for me to say. Sorry, Tasha's series, sorry. And I will say, I, I just spotted this morning, so Charlene had put up in our Facebook group, so the final Love Island USA season two couple has split up. So we had uh, Connor and Mackenzie who were doing the sequel. Obviously, they were in, in a couple on the show, and then they split up, and then after the show, they got back together. And unfortunately, distance is just too great for them. So again, Love Island continues its fairly uh, tragic <laughs> record <laughs> of keeping couples together, apart from, you know, old Tommy Fury and... Uh, uh, what's her name? Molly May. You know, they're still going strong, so it's not all doom and gloom. <laughs> They're still going. Yeah, just mostly doom and gloom. (laughs) All right, mate. Well, I'll see you tomorrow. Bye now.